TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 435, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Greg, TV enthusiast from St. Louis. Hi, I'm Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm an actor and writer from Los Angeles. Hi, I'm Yi Sun, and I'm a costume designer and a TV enthusiast. Woohoo! Thank you, guys. Happy holidays, if I don't see you for, you know, the holidays. And let's gobble, get... gobble. <laughs> let's get started off with the news. First up in the news, Apple TV Plus has renewed The Servant ahead of the premiere, which sounds like that's good. The trailer is super creepy and that baby is terrifying. So let's see if the show's any good. Stargirl, uh which is basically DC's answers to Captain America, I guess, but like in female form, has been no. picked up by DC. You'll explain it to me in a second. <laughs> it's been picked up by DC Universe and then will air on the CW. All right, please explain it to me. Who the heck is Stargirl? Stargirl is a kind of a spinoff. Starman was a Golden Age uh, World War II DC hero. He had a sidekick. Stargirl is kind of the second generation where – She's the lead hero, and her sidekick is an adult. So, but I mean, what is her power? Does she have any powers? She, she has the cos- she can wield the power of the stars with the cosmic rod. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what? <laughs> and our minds all went. <laughs> Aaron, can you can you explain that any better? <laughs> oh, he pretty much explained it. But her only powers come from um, it's a staff where she's able to uh, fly and uh, shoot energy blasts. Um, and that's pretty much what I know of her. I'm not a huge, huge fan of Stargirl. Um, they, they're really going to have to work to really pull a following because, uh, you know, her bigger appearances were on like um, Justice League uh, Unlimited. I mm-hmm. think she had an episode, but. Uh, other than that, she's not super well known. Well, they're so. gonna they're gonna do a backdoor piloty thing on the crisis because that's how she's gonna appear first on Crisis on Infinite Earth. She is, yes. Oh, so that's her backdoor appearance, I, and then she'll I get her series. That. Yes, that oh, is what I heard in the press release. I've heard the television series is a hot mess, but I have inside info. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's encouraging. Uh, no, seriously, over over schedule, over budget, bigly. Yeah, that sounds like a problem. That means that they got a new showrunner who doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Undone has been picked up for season two on Amazon. For those of us who really were impressed by the show, it's visually that show's amazing. So I'm ex- I'm sort of excited. Though, to be fair, I didn't quite finish season one. But we'll see. Uh, Black Summer, which is a vampire show on Netflix, has been renewed for season two. Who here watched Black Summer? I didn't even know it was a thing. Did we know that was a thing? I didn't. I had yeah, never I even heard it. of it, but apparently it did well enough for Netflix to get picked up by, for season two. And Tom, you have further news. Yes, I do. 
Uh, Annapurna Television has attached Harrison Ford to star in and executive produce an adaptation of The Staircase. It's a docu-series detailing the trial of American novelist Michael Peterson, who was accused of murdering his wife in 2001. Oh! uh, In real life, he claimed his wife died after she fell on the stairs, but police suspected he bludgeoned her to death and made the scene... Uh, staged the scene. It looked like an accident. So no net your net no network has been attached yet. Annapurna is shopping around the different outlets. But with Harrison Ford, I'm sure somebody's going to bite. Well, I was going to uh, say on, with with that, I re- I said uh, the big O was because I remember a remember documentary. I called the staircase. Okay, never mind. I I know what that was. <clears throat> All right, continue. Sorry. Wait, so Andrew, is that? I'm going. I didn't kill my wife. The murderer. <laughs> I was going to say it's like the fugitive, except say, he did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, um, continue. It's the fugitive what meets what lies beneath without the the horror part. Uh, on Fox, Louis Anderson is going to star as a talking cat in costume, not CGI, in mm. Tigsley, which is, uh, he's a foul-mouthed, opinionated, obnoxious talking cat. And that sounds that terrible. Me, that gives me bad flashbacks <laughs> to that God's awful... Uh, trailer for cats. Which, my question: Who oh my comes God. up with these green lights? These things that sound like mm, horrible no. ideas. Talking cats are in this year. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, on at NBC, Holly... <laughs> at NBC, Holly Hunter will star opposite Ted Danson in the previously announced but untitled Tina Fey Robert Carlock sitcom, also starring Bobby Moynihan. And finally, at Netflix. They have picked up Vikings Valhalla, a sequel series from Michael Hurst and Jeb Ooh. Stewart. Yay. Allison is happy. Yeah. <laughs> All I right. Wish people would be more happy. This is a really great show. Vikings is for, is terrific, people. Really, I'm not disagree. I, I will not disagree because I did watch the first two seasons and I did thoroughly enjoy the first two seasons, but the time jumps threw me off and I was like, wait, what? We're like 10 years. Le- what? And so, uh, well they they had to get to they had to get from his kids being little kids to actually taking over i get it but i that that was too jarring for me and i couldn't hang in hang in there but i will say the storytelling was good the characters were good i liked the maiden the the shield maidens i liked all of that but and i and i don't want to sound like a sexist pig but that's a hot cast (laughs) (laughs) i mean literally they are some good looking I, i did the um I did the press thing at San Diego for for Weedonopolis in our podcast years ago. But when they walked in the room, it's like, whoa, I mean, <laughs> gee whiz, these are some attractive people. And yes. they're and they're very cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was a there was and a tall. food fight that happened in the press room and I can't remember if you were there for that. I was. Yes. Okay. Because uh, a certain a certain actor who played Ragnar Lothbrok was throwing grapes at his co-stars from his table. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the shows. First up, we're going to talk the Mandalorian, and I know it's not in order, but that's okay because I want to freaking talk about the Mandalorian. And... The theme song rocks. <laughs> I wasn't even going to say that. But, okay. Say what? I said I wasn't going to say that, but uh, okay, Dude, sure. Dude, that theme song is killer. I was upset. I mean, we hear bits of it in episode one, and then we hear the whole thing. I'm like, I must download this right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. This is I'm just going to be slightly controversial, which is I Uh-oh. was not happy with the open of episode one. 
I was really worried because you're the second person. My student critic at the university said the same thing. He didn't like the blue dude. Not just the blue dude. The whole opening of proving that somebody's a badass by having them walk into a bar and random idiots attack them just so we can see them fight. Be like, oh, he's so awesome. They've done this a million times, and I know they're trying to do the whole Western trope. I get that. They're being very Clint Eastwood-y. And and it was a very Clint Eastwood move, but, I mean, I've seen it 5,000 times. If you're going to do it... Put a spin on it. Make it interesting. Do something different. It was they Star don't. Wars. That was the spin. <laughs> no, no, no. I was really, really worried about the open. And then the blue guy was like in a different show than everybody else. He was playing it at like an, a 12. And I was like, who is this guy? And he wouldn't stop talking. He's the and then Jar Jar Binks. Uh, he wasn't quite that bad. But he was well, bad. Why did they show the guy blue? actually in half? Like, what age group is this targeted for? I don't know, but that guy threw it's, me off, and I was just... It's TV-14, so... Right. So it's basically supposed to be for everyone. But I will say, the show didn't really... I didn't really go, okay, this is going to work, until, you know, he meets Carl Weathers, he gets his bounty, he starts going to the bounty and doing stuff. Like, from there on, I was like, okay, if it settles into this, this is going to be all right. But I was really worried at the open. I was like, oh yeah. my god, did I just spend all this money on this terrible show? <laughs> uh, what did you guys think of episode one and the open and everything? I didn't mind the open. I didn't mind that they kind of established the dude's a badass. We already we knew that. Him. He's the Mandalorian. That's well, not te- that, that didn't need an explanation. We, technically, we don't because this is a brand... We've seen Mandalorians, plural, before, but this is a new character. Yeah. And they were... And Favreau said he was inspired very much by both Westerns, like Clint Eastwood's Man With No Name right. trilogy, right. as well as Samurai films. I understand Which, ironically, that. are the original inspirations for Star Wars. So it didn't bother me. It, it, I understand all that, and I felt like if you were going to do that trope, do it well. Yeah. And they did not do it well, I don't think. Yeah. Well, um, I agree. I um, think it was a... opening... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, Aaron, Aaron. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. Um, with the opening, I was a tad bit concerned myself because as like an opening or a teaser, it didn't catch me. Um, it wasn't, um, I don't think that the characters that they used for that opening were interesting enough or the world that they built within that bar to really pull me in. But, you know, I always do a three episode tryout. Um, but the episode did start to kick into gear for me a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um the opening wasn't bad, but I said, I don't know if it's going to hook me to watch the entire series. So um, that was my only issue with the opening. All right. Uh, Yusin, go ahead. Well, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle of the road between you guys and Tom. Like, yes, it was, you know, it, I understand what you're saying, Libya, because if they're going to do it, either do it really well or, you know, give me a twist. But at the same time, I feel like it was a bit of an homage to, like, you know, the mm-hmm. shootouts, you know, in the Star Wars movies. So I didn't really hold it against them. I kind of felt like they were trying to go right into the, like, you know, this is the Star Wars you've always known, you know, just a little touchstone kind of a thing. What to me was more troublesome was his, was Pedro's voiceover. I literally was like, is this going to be Blade Runner all over again? Because I was like, it wasn't a voiceover. This? He, that was actually yeah, in the be- beginning. He was like talking. There was, he was talking and he was not on screen. Isn't that true? Wasn't there? there wasn't there like a part? Yeah. Of the, I don't think right so. In the very beginning. No, oh, no, really? No, there's no voiceover. Oh my gosh! 
Okay, you might want to cut this from the podcast, but remember when I told you that the audio did not sync with the video? And oh, I no. was like, oh, this voiceover. And it didn't self-correct for like 10 minutes. And I was like, this is a terrible opening. His voice yeah, well, the other hand, you don't have to worry about it matching up with his lip movements. I know. That's why you didn't realize that it wasn't right. Also, I think that's probably why it did, I didn't catch it at first because I was like, okay, I guess he's talking off screen like behind his mask, you know, but I, I swear to you, that's remember I told you I was like, yeah, I didn't understand what was going on for the first 10 minutes. So for me, I think I was probably so distracted by the not not fake the fake voiceover that um, I think the shootout was the lesser of the two problems for me. <laughs> but I will say <laughs> Uh, moving, uh, on. moving on. Uh, I, I was going to say, uh, let's hear from everybody. Uh, Allison, your thoughts, real quick. Okay. Well, yeah. No, you can talk about any other part of episode one. Just, just finish, okay. Can... So we're just confining it to episode one right now, and, and then I will move to two, really quick. Okay. I, well, the thing is, you know, my feelings sort of crystallized in episode one, and they haven't really changed since the beginning um i'm going to be different from the rest of you i was i had my hopes really high for the mandalorian and it looks gorgeous it's beautifully done and i understand that they're doing the western in space homage i i get all the clint eastwood references and all of that but uh, to me they're especially because they are sticking with the gimmick of of you know pasting him behind this immovable helmet which doesn't even have anything that even pretends to be a face he he basically comes off because he's he, he he's, he's just a tough guy um he comes off as a cipher and so the heart of this series is a character who essentially has no face being. he has he has no not just no face but he has he, he's just kind of there he seems more a, a plot device than an actual character he doesn't really have a personality he's just somebody who makes things happen you know he co- he goes into a place and and fights break out he goes into a place and he's you know he has to get a bounty it's just it's just like you know it, it's a gimmick it's not a real person and uh, there are other characters around him but the character himself is just is just vacant and and that's not something I can really attach myself to. And so far, the story is so far has been like that for me. It's like a, it's like this vacant character in the center of a whole string of action sequences in search of a plot. I will actually then, disagree with you on the point of when they when he went to get his armor done and they were having the flashbacks. I felt his emotions in that scene. I was actually, I mean, yeah, he still had the mask on, but I felt his anguish. I felt all of that. So I thought he well, did it, a really it, good job of that. I, I just, just a plot device. It's like, okay, yeah, we're supposed to look back in this, at this, you know, flashback and say, oh, this is why he wants to care about, you know, the foundlings or this and that. And why, you know, it, this, this, no, I'm not saying it was a plot device. I'm saying, I actually, I'm saying actually I felt the emotion of it. I'm not saying that it was just a plot device. I'm saying he conveyed emotion saying, through that mask is my point. I didn't see that at all. I thought so, yeah. I didn't see that at all. Because, I mean, all you saw was the ma- they kept they kept 
on the helmet. So you didn't even have like the rest of his body language to go by. You just have the helmet. So my feelings are that you're kind of reading in your own reaction to the scene because there was really nothing there going on from what he personally did. Right. I, I just want to jump in here because um, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to be middle of the road for all of this. But I, I, I kind of see what both of you are saying. But you know, uh, you know, uh, Libby and I kind of talked about this, and um, I had I had said to her something, and she filled me in some background information. I, I I'm with. I'm with Allison in the fact that it is problematic. I mean, it was built in. We all knew like what we were going to watch. You know what I mean? So I was, I had high hopes both for the show, but also Pedro. And this isn't a diss like completely yet. Like, you know, he's, he had, he's allowed to develop, but I do think that Allison, you know, has put a, a, you know, it's not even a flashlight, a spotlight because we all knew that we weren't going to get facial expressions, but I think in the hands of a different actor, or maybe if he was directed a certain way, I, I still want more body language. I still want some sort of something. And I've seen it being done before. You know what I mean? So I, I think that, um, and even when I said to you, Libby, I was like, yeah, in the second half of the episode or the second episode, he seemed to have more swag. He like walked a little differently. And you told me that some of the first scenes were actually a stuntman in a mask. So, um, and I was not surprised by that information. I thought, yeah, there was something slightly off about the body language and the way he walked and the way he held himself. So I think there's more room for for that. I don't know if we'll get it, but I think that he is going to have to not overcompensate, but I do think I want more from his entire body slash no face well, acting. Let's, let's so, talk about the actual star of the show, which was not the Mandalorian. It was actually Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Oh my God. Because <laughs> the baby Yoda stole the show, regardless of whether yeah. the Mandalorian had facial yeah. expressions or not, did not matter. Soon as everybody yeah. saw that baby, everyone Ooh. lost their mind. I squealed. Yeah. Yeah, I like legitimately out loud in my home by myself squealed. Yeah. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> and then when we get to the second episode, because we're going to move on to the second, and I want Greg to talk this time since he didn't talk about the first one. Um, in the second episode, that's actually the episode that won me over because I was still kind of like, I sort of think this is cool. It was a great cliffhanger, but proved to me you could do a whole episode. And the second episode did that for me. Uh, so Greg, what did you think? Yeah. I mean, I've been, I've, uh, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's almost like, you know, whoever decided to make the show obviously played with Star Wars action figures because most of the characters are like, even the. Even the bounty, the, the bounty droid was like, oh you know, you only God. see that character for like a split second in Empire, right? Well, it's like, actually, it's the same model, but a different character. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's the same model. And yeah, and there's a Bosk, uh, Bosk was there. Uh, or his relative. There too, and there was a, there was like a Bosk looking character, and there was a Greedo looking character. And so you had all of the, the bounty hunter kind of, you know, characters from the Star Wars films, like all there. So it was, it was just exciting to just go, oh, I remember that guy. Oh, I remember that guy. <laughs> but I mean, what did you think of the whole storyline in the second episode where he meets basically the Nick Nolte guy and then he has to learn how to ride, you know, and, and then he has to, no, this, that's the first episode. In the second episode. Yeah, Nick, Nick Nolte is in the first episode. And he's in the second one as well. Yeah. Uh, the, and they have to, he has to get the egg. He has basically you go on a quest. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of the second episode was my question, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, to to kind of hitchhike off of what has already been said, I think it was, you know, it was really helpful to have, you know, uh, have other characters play um, across from the Mandalorian because you 
you don't get those facial expressions and the the, the body movement. So to have those other characters um, interact just uh, uh, made everything work out, I think, a lot better. Uh, although I do call foul, it's like, really, do you really have a carbon freeze unit inside of your ship? I would think <laughs> well, anything of, to get that blue well, guy to stop not? talking. No, yeah. Anything to get that blue yeah. dude to stop talking as soon as possible, I'll take it. It's the, it's the, it's the mobile carbon this freeze takes place, unit. Yeah, I was just going to say, this takes place way later than No, it's only, it's so only five, no, it. no, it's only five years later. It's not yeah. way later. technology can change in five years. That's I mean, true. seriously, we, we, remember our mobile phones when they first came out? <laughs> He's a very successful bounty hunter. Well, yeah, let's, we move, let's move on. Let's talk because I want to know what are your theories? How, we know this isn't Yoda because Yoda died and he's not reincarnated because Peter's theory the, was that he re, was reincarnated. I was like, so who's the ghost no. going around talking to Luke? And he was like, oh, yeah. So here's, here's, go ahead. Here's the thing. This is only the third time we've seen a creature from this same race. And Lucasfilm has not named the race. Correct. So right. everybody's right. like, well, we're going to call him Baby Yoda until they gave us something better to call him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wait, third time? What's the second time? Uh, in uh, the prequels. It, it went in the prequels. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Which I is probably why you don't remember. Yaddle or Yaddle or something? <laughs> yeah, it was like Yaddle. I, I, I told my friends, we should call this one Yada Yada. <laughs> <laughs> baby, Yada 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 Yada. <laughs> but, that, but that baby is like the cutest CGI baby I've like ever yeah. seen. No, I don't know how the they thing, manage baby, that. It's practical. It's a practical. It's a practical puppet with CGI enhancement. Okay. I was like, how did they make that baby so adorable? That's the trick. Um, But I like like everything about the second episode. And then on the third, let's move on to the third episode. So Mm -hmm. now we have the moral dilemma where he he finishes the bounty, he turns the baby in, he tries not to get attached, but then he's like, well, what are you going to do with the baby? And I was like, of course you know what they're going to do with the baby. They're going to kill the baby. And when he finally, like, because he tries to ignore it and he finally has to deal with it, and then he does the big raid to the base, which was pretty cool. Yeah, and I have to say the yeah. best moment of episode three is when all those Mandalorians started coming out of the sky. Cause I was like, oh, what yeah, are you going to, cause he was, I was like, what are you going to do? You use all your tricks. What, what's, what's going to happen now? This um, is the way. This is yeah. the way. <laughs> the the best I lines. Have spoken. I have I spoken. Mean, Thank you. Those are the best lines. I have spoken. And this is the way are all the things we're going to learn from that. But go ahead. The Allison. whole scene with them coming out and rescuing him like that is 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 all great if if you're dealing with a character or or characters who are supposed to be you know the heroes the good guys this guy has become a, a hero quote unquote by virtue of going against everything that he's been taught to do his the other Mandalorians shouldn't be coming to his aid he should be a heretic to yeah, he to broke the their bounty. Yeah, he broke the, I did think that too. I was so like, wait a minute, he broke the bounty. But they also like talk about the fact that there aren't that many of them left. And they have mm-hmm. to protect each other. They mm-hmm. did say that, too. But I get, yeah, your, I get yeah. your point. I thought of that as well. It just it didn't make sense. It was like, we want to have this hero moment, even though it doesn't make any sense contextually with, with what we've set up with these characters. So it just, it, it just looked silly to me. It's like, if you're going to do that come up with characters that I can believe would do that sort of thing, not characters who in the very earlier scene made it clear that that is absolutely against what they would do. I didn't mind though, because 
a lot of Mandalorian backstory is provided in the animated series Rebels. So, granted, you know, all, Dave, Dave Filoni, who's one of the executive producers of the series, and basically the person who's been the head writer, supervising director of all the animated series since Clone Wars, CGI Clone Wars, that didn't bother me. And I, I know what you mean, Allison, but the thing is, the Mandalorian culture is such a, a particular culture and we've gotten glimpses into it in Rebels and also in these three episodes. And for me, the the, the thing that this 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 baby Yoda, whatever you want to call him, seems to be some kind of foundling. The Mandalorian himself is a foundling, and the Mandalorian race Culture as a whole—they're all, all foundlings, has, pretty much. They they have a very unique code about foundlings, and I think that. Maybe there was a missing conversation or a missing story beat, but it didn't bother me. Yeah, well, the, the, it did bother me because I don't watch every single Star Wars, everything that comes out. <laughs> so Trust me, Allison. The history of Star Wars, I don't... You are, you are atypical. I've, I've, had argu- I've had discussions, arguments with friends about stuff. Well, you haven't seen Clone Wars. It's like, well, no, guys, 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 just, just so we... Get, if- we need to I move mean, on because we've been on this. Fans, not everybody can be a hyper fan. I know. And and I mean, most I think most people who are fans of Star Wars are casual fans of Star Wars. So they've seen, you know, the, the movies that have come out. But we but guys, guys, we need to move on. We've been we've been on this for 20 minutes. So, three so episodes, we, though. I know it's three episodes. We got to move on and we can have our fan wars later. But I think we do have some dissension in our agreement. But some of us really liked it. Some of us are mediocre and some of us don't. So there you go. You get the whole range. I, I think that means you need to check it out yourself. Uh, next up, let's talk about Watchmen. And this is episode five. It's called so Looking Glass. And tick what, top, tick what I really like about this episode, or actually Watchmen in particular, is we're, also, we're seeing it... From Angela Abar's perspective, but they're not afraid to change point of view for an episode to give us more detail about something. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate we got a flashback to the actual event of the squids falling from the sky and and we really could understand. Oh no, 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 no. Si- that, that I, was the Go ahead. That was the big that was the big squid thing. Right, right. I know. It, I understand yeah. in Manhattan. I understand. But, I mean, it got teleported into Manhattan. And right. it had the big psychic event. Because it's in the comics, but most people haven't read the comics. So they're they showing us. The movie. Yeah. And yeah. so they're just showing us what really happened and how that psychic echo affects people years later. And by having it be a character that we know... Um, they're letting us get inside of that and understand the lasting effects. And even, and then even when looking glass finds out the truth, he still can't, the fear is still there. He can't get rid of it. And I thought that was fantastic. But what'd you guys think? I loved everything about the episode. It was, it was a great look into his character. It, mm-hmm. it accomplished two things. It gave more depth to his character so we could see where he was coming from and where all this you know, originated. And it also gave us a look at what the story itself has been referencing all this time, which is the squid attack on Manhattan. Right. Um, and what I thought was really fantastic was that I know that the movie avoided that because they just, you know, it, it just seemed too ridiculous and 
too too comic-y to actually present on the screen and yet they did it here in the tv show and they made it look absolutely horrifying yeah it was terrifying yeah especially the whole thing that it affected people for miles away yeah i mean they really really grabbed not only how just horrific it was in in the city but the the cost uh, that it had radiating outward which was tremendous and i just i had all the respect in the world for for how they were able to frame that and do that and i just loved what they did agreed uh aaron go ahead and um you know i I thought the episode was phenomenal i've loved every single episode i love the way that they do push the ticket on ideas they go for it um and and i'm loving the way they do that i'm also loving the addition of gene smart oh yeah i love her brilliant as Silk Spectre. And I, I I didn't even realize at first when they brought her in that she was Silk Spectre until, you know, a little bit later. I think that was episode three, maybe. She shows remember. up in episode three, and that's when you find yeah. her. Uh-huh. And then I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, she fed the owl. I was like, okay, okay, now things are going to really get going. And I love her interaction with Angela Abar, with Tillman, with everybody. Um, so I think she's a, a, a powerful um, addition uh, to an already, for me, stellar cast. Um, and she's adding a lot of extra elements to the story because she's bringing more history in. Right. And um, I'm loving that aspect of it. Well, let's talk about, real quick, Tom, do you want to hit on the whole thing about the governor? Is he the governor? Yeah, the senator? The senator. Senator, senator. being part of the 7th Cavalry. Come on. The, that Did means anybody really think he wasn't a bad oh, guy? Oh, we knew. Yes, we, <laughs> we knew. knew. We knew. Almost yeah. every I mean, character I, that actor has played has been creepy. <laughs> <and so on. laughs> Here's the thing. James <laughs> Wolfe, when he's in comedies, is terrific. But when he's in dramas, he's usually the bad guy. Or right. the bad guy. Yes, exactly. It's or like morally, or morally nice challenged. looking to be anything but evil. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I just want to, I that, that whole conversation he has with Looking Glass. What did you think? I thought it was fascinating that going to back to another conversation with his ex-wife or whatever the relationship was and his comment about always picking bad women. Right. And he does it again in this episode. Yep. yep. And <laughs> even though, you know, James Walt pretends to, you know, is a smiling cobra. They totally are, look like they're going to screw him by the end of the episode. Well, I mean, and the thing that, that tripped me out is as soon as I saw those hitmen come out of the van, I was like, oh, of course he's going to kill him because he told them all the secrets and revealed yeah. his face. I was like, yeah. I feel like Looking Glass should have figured that out, too. I was like, how many movies have you seen to know if they've told if your kidnappers show you their face, tell you all their secrets, and then they get you to do something, they got to cut loose ends, you're now a loose end. So, yeah, and they know that he's not a true believer. So, yeah, they got to kill him. Well, the thing is, though, he still narked on Angela. Right. Which kind of disappointed me. Because no, I but that, I mean, the know. choice was, he said, you can either tell on her oh, and get yeah, it, yeah. or we will go to her house and kill her family. Those were his and choices. Not much of a choice. And then, they, and then they come to his house to kill him. Right, right. But I mean, I think Can't he Can't trust still, those bad guys. Yeah, but I really do think that he would rather them come to his house than to go to Angela's yeah, house and kill those kids. So the look on his face when he's like, we're going to go to the house and kill the kids was just like, he acted like those were his kids. Mm-hmm. So he really cared. The thing that hurt me the most about that when he betrayed her, as we as the audience know... He really cares about Angela. 
Like mm-hmm. he is really her friend yeah. and he sacrificed their friendship to save her family. Yeah. Oh, exactly. we, we've got one loose end. We have not talked about. Okay. Lydia. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, where in the solar system is Osmandias? It's <laughs> Carmen San Diego. Yeah, he's on. He's on. He wasn't on Earth. Yeah, he's either. He he's on, on the, moon. the moon. He's on the moon. No, but he or is Mars. on. A, he's on a moon. There was Jupiter in the background. That's right. That's right. Oh, Mar- you're right. Mar- he's on. Isn't Mark? Is he on a moon of Mars then? Yeah, he could no, be. Jupiter was right in the background. He was. Oh. He's on a moon of Jupiter. Oh, well, is... Jupiter has more moons, so that makes sense. But then yeah, he wrote out his message in dead bodies. That was so creepy. Oh, <laughs> he is such a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> and who does he expect to see it? The only person that could see that is is Dr. Manhattan, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe well, he wants him to see that. Well, my question is, why does he think Dr. Manhattan is going to help him? Dr. Manhattan was not happy with him the last time they saw each other. Mm-mm. So that, that logic doesn't even make sense to me. But mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, because I was like, what kind of space suit is he making out of armor? Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> like, even if armor he, and bison hide. Yeah, I was like, bison, bison hide. hide. And yeah. Bison hide, too. That was the first choice. Ugh. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but you got to stretch your imagination to assume that that would work. I was like, I'm pretty sure that wouldn't work, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that whole bit was creepy. But now we know he did all of this so he can send a message because mm-hmm. he's now accepted. But I want to know what the game warden's going to do now because the game warden's the one that pulled him back. Mm-hmm. And he was like, You now must be punished. He's like, Yeah, the gods aren't watching anymore. And something like you got to be punished. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it doesn't look good. But we're going to say thumbs up to the Watchmen. We need to move on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We talked about the two, but now we got like 10 other shows to talk about. Got to be fast, guys. All right. Next up. Put us on the clock. Next up, we're going to talk about Batwoman. And this episode was interesting in that my biggest thing was why why can Batwoman not keep her identity a secret? What is going on? Like everyone was finding out who she was. Which the which was the only interesting thing? CW characters. All the CW characters, everyone knows who they are. That's true. Why did we have to have so many flashbacks that were? Some of them were exactly from the pilot, and some of them were extended from the pilot. It's like I just thought it wasn't. This show is not a great show. It has potential to be a great show, but man, this episode was just sloppy. There were a lot of problems, and I think having Alfred have a daughter from nowhere is weird. I hate that. So much because Julia we Pennyworth, know that he please. doesn't have a kid. Like that's that's the whole thing about Pennyworth. He could have had a family, but he chose the Waynes, and he becomes an old man. The Waynes are his family, right? He becomes an old man. He doesn't go off and have a family. Like, what are you talking about? Well, it just became like the Batman Babies show. It's I know like everybody <laughs> has a kid. <laughs> yeah, well, that was silly. I mean, in the comics, to be fair. Luke Fox is a character from the comics and adopts the identity uh, Batwing in the comics. But all this other stuff, come on. Yeah, it's silly. All right. We, we, uh, what else happened? I'm we, trying to remember if there's anything else oh, to talk about. Alice is, Alice, even though Alice is evil, the whole thing was to get that gun off the market because she does love her sister after all in her own warped way. Right. Yeah, she wanted to make sure nobody could kill her sister. 
So, okay, whatever. That, nobody that, but her. <laughs> right. Uh, but I really don't think she's going to kill her sister either. No. I think she's going to have to kill her weird brother. Because he, he's the one pushing her to do it. And she, if she has to choose, she's not going to choose him. And I don't know why he thinks she would, but whatever. Uh, let's Jack move on to a better show. Next up, we're going to talk about his dark materials. And if you're not watching this show, you absolutely, absolutely need to be watching it. Uh, it's based on a book, but... Series of books, actually. A series of books. I think there's three or four. I can't remember. There's three, but a fourth just came out. Um, but it's got a lot of elements, a lot of things happening. And somebody said that... Uh, what's the little girl's name? I forgot her name. Laura? Lyra? Lyra. Lyra. They're Lyra. saying that she's not the brightest star in the sky, but that her demon is is way smarter than her and has kept her alive all this time, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, not wrong, because uh, Pan is really much smarter than she is. And she's like, I can use this thing when I clear my mind. And he's like, all right, we'll clear your mind. That shouldn't be too hard. <laughs> ah, he's got jokes. Um, what do you guys think of the show so far? Um, well, I, you know, the, the first episode, actually the first two episodes, uh, it was, it was like, okay, but I wasn't all that excited about it. I mean, it was engaging enough to watch, but it really finally grabbed me in episode three. Um, the story really kicked into gear. They brought, really brought in the, the other characters, the, the Egyptians, um, who, and they started answering questions. I think was more important because they really begin things as if you you almost should know what's happening in the story. They drop you in the middle, right? Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, explain this to me. What is going on? Um, and, and so they finally get around to, to doing just that in, in the third episode, which is nice. You finally get to, to learn the relationships of the characters and why certain people are doing what they're doing. And that makes all the difference in terms of the dynamic, because suddenly it makes sense. Oh, I understand so-and-so's motivation. Okay. That makes sense to me now. Um, so, but also I think that the characters just become a little deeper, a little more rich, a little more fleshed out and the, and the storyline itself really kicks into gear. They, they up the ante and, and increase the danger quotient so that we're really getting into the action at this point. So I think for me, it, it took three episodes to really get into the story. And, uh, if you can, I think if you're watching this thing, if you, if you can give it that much time, at least it'll grab you. Well, and the other thing that's weird is McAvoy's character is only in really the first episode, and they really sell the show like he's in it, but nope, he's only in the pieces where you're in the north, so if you're not in the north, you're not really going to see him. Well, they're about to go to the north, so that's I guess true. we'll be seeing him again. And we'll be we'll be uh, meeting Lin-Manuel Miranda, right. too, so and the I'm looking forward pandas. to that. I want to see the big pandas. <laughs> so that's happening as well. I'm excited. Uh, Aaron, what are your thoughts? Oh yeah, like pandas. Uh, do you mean polar bears? Oh right, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. If I've offended any pandas or any polar bears, I apologize. Um, I'd love yeah. to see an armored panda, though. Wouldn't that be <laughs> very cool? <laughs> Not um, all the same. Yes, I just said I'm sorry, Aaron. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm I'm loving it. Um, it was a little bit slow for me in the first couple episodes as well, um, but it's really picked up now. I'm really invested in the characters. 
Um, this episode where we see is Lyra or Lyra, Lyra. With, Lyra. Lyra with the Egyptians. Uh, oh, oh man, it just it hit me on so many levels. Especially watching um, the leader, I forgot his name, of the Egyptians, whose son went. He off. got taken with the, oh, by the yeah. gobblers. Yes. But I love the, the two boys who went to uh, Marissa Coulter's. Um, I really apartment. felt like that was dumb, though. It was dumb, but it, we knew somebody was going to get it. But here's what I liked about it, um, because I liked um, just watching um, how they interacted, A, but also, B, they got the information, some information that they needed. True. Um, and I love that um, the young man, I said, okay, he's going to crack. When she had him on the floor, I said, okay, he's going to give in. He's going to tell it. But he didn't. He got he, he sacrificed himself so the other boy could get away and then take the list of stolen children back to the Egyptians. Right. And that was wonderful. My, my favorite moment, and I love the way that they did this because they, they let the actors breathe in the scene. Very simple scene, very quick scene. But it was when the leader of the Egyptians, um, he realized his son is gone and he's just standing there and the other gentleman comes in and he says, can we recover the body? And, yeah. and I, that was just such a, a, a heart-wrenching scene for me. It wasn't overplayed. He wasn't crying. But we got all of his internal you know, struggle and the pain. And then he decided we're going to war. So I, I just thought it was a wonderful, wonderful episode. And now I, I'm I'm just in love with the series now. I never read the books, so I wasn't familiar with uh, the, the material. material. Right. But, and it took me a while in the first two episodes. I was trying to figure out what the heck is going on. But now I feel like I'm starting to finally, you know, get a grasp on everything. Um, as coming in from somebody who knows nothing about it at all. Okay. So, um, loving the series. All right, thumbs up. Let's we got to move on. Uh, next up, we're gonna talk about the rookie. And Yusin, you said you want to talk about the rookie, but I, for one, don't remember what happened in this week's episode. Oh, it was the one where uh, the new woman actually had to do going around with the police chief because she wanted her evaluation done early for her uh, trial or whatever. But Nolan was doing something I can't remember. What'd you think? Oh God, I was I was hoping you'd remember. <laughs> um. <laughs> the thing about the rookie is that it's fun, but the storylines are not that memorable. I mean, because they go from oh, one great. call, they go from one call to the other, and you really like spending time with them. And the rookies and the regular cops are actually. Oh, it was the one the tough cop guy hit. Did a hit and, he didn't do a hit and run, but he crashes the back of this woman's car and he felt so bad that he thought that he wasn't going to get his commendation and he thought he had really screwed up only to find out that this woman was part of a scam or she usually was part of a scam and this she didn't know she was particularly a part of a scam in this minute, but uh, it was it all... turned out to be a murder for hire. It right. was like a murder for yeah, hire. Yeah, that's at the, end, the end of the day, that's what it ended up being was that. She traded that information to get out of jail. Um, so that storyline was okay, but I don't remember what Nolan's storyline was. And no, Nolan was Nolan was with Alan Tudyk. Oh, right, yes. oh, that, that was good. good. Yeah, I liked the, it, it was this crime scene cleaner right, right, guy. Right. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought so too. I, I, it, it was a great way to introduce a new character. I hope he comes back. I've always enjoyed watching him. He typically tends to play that character it's one or two it's either that he's, like the he's nervous either super, weird, he's either weird yeah or he's super evil those are the two options you get <laughs> yes for evil but, and, and funny though he's i mean obviously he's always i mean anyway but um i 
since you did a great recap, um, and I was like, right, okay, right, right. So I will just say this. I think that that this episode, while it wasn't, you know, it's not riveting drama, but I think it's a great example of, they gave us three stories, A, B, and C. And um, it really is an ensemble. It isn't all about Nolan. In fact, um, even though, you know, his part, there was, it was a very strong part of the episode with, with uh, Alan Tudyk, um, the new character they brought in to replace the woman who was, who quit slash fired, whatever that whole business, I really liked her. So I was very upset that we were losing her. And then I, I also wondered if there was going to be a sophomore slump. So the new woman that they brought in, she was um, an undercover agent for right, right, too right. long. She went in deep. Yeah, I'm just trying to move us along because we got to move on to the yeah, next yeah. thing. So I'm just so I'm saying that in this this episode and in the one right before it, though, I really didn't like her, but they're right. definitely humanizing her. Um, and I like her interactions with uh, with all of the characters. I, I especially like that she's kind of become the new hard person, even over what's his face. You know, the right. guy. Um, well, because she kind you know of I mean? like, yeah, she acts like she doesn't care at all. Like, you know, that that guy really cares. And he's just kind of pretending to be tough. But she legit did not care about them. Uh, no, but, no. And I, I like it because you can't have him be that guy forever. He needs to grow. You know what I mean? And he right. is and he's got a girlfriend now. And so the show isn't sloppy. The show like tries like everyone gets a story arc. Everyone gets nice background. Everybody gets there's a lot of heart. You know, it's I think it's a hard show to juggle. You're giving us three police stories and human interest for every character. So I think they do a really nice job. I just wanted to talk about it, mention it because it's a sophomore year and I thought maybe, you know, maybe sophomore slump, maybe blah, blah, blah. But I think it's as good, if not better. It is not a great show, but it is entertaining. It as is. All but, but, yeah, we, we're, I got to move on. We got to move on. Uh, so we're saying thumbs up for the rookie. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Black Lightning very, very quickly because I quit Black Lightning because the whole, what is it, the occupation storyline has gotten so irritating for me. I can't stand to look at the show anymore. Well, we're into a new, we're into a new chapter of the season. Or okay, a new what's section. it called? This is, it's Resist, the Book of Resistance. Mm. Are so, they still occupied, but now they got a resistance army happening? Well, yeah. it, it turns out that, um... Inspect Chief Henderson was was part of the resistance. Of course, so he's he was. rallying people. <laughs> like, come so, on! It's like the writing is so sloppy on this show this season. What is going on, man? I expect you to have an answer, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying it. So, I mean, basically, they had a lot of face it. The, the first part of the season was. It wasn't just table setting, but it was they're they're putting people they're forming different alliances. Yeah, um, but they, it doesn't make sense from what we saw the first two seasons. That's my problem. What doesn't make sense? Just the whole like where we started off at the new season is like I felt like I missed a season. Why are people cooperating with God, what is that guy's name? Did you I think it's been laid out pretty I, and, but I, straightforwardly. Not, it, it does, but it doesn't make sense for the characters to just fall. Like, there's so many points of it that don't make sense to me, and it's not fun to watch them this way. Give, give a specific example. You're very, you're speaking very nebulously. Okay. My... I mean, the fact that Agent Odell blackmailed uh, Lynn and Jefferson to you know work with me and stay here or else we'll come after your kids yes i understood that 
And then he, and then, mirac- the then he miraculously just was like, okay, never mind, I'm going to let you guys go. Like, what? Oh, and no, he, it's not, because he's basically he's, setting... He's, yeah, he's li- controlling every... He's trying. I don't buy that Jennifer is buying into his whole storyline. Well, she's stupid anyway. Well, that's just... That's my problem, is she's not talking to anybody, and the uh, G- Gamby, who watches everyone, is miraculously not watching her while she's talking to him. Like, there's so many plot holes that don't work on this show and it requires everyone to be dumber than this guy does not work for me. If the villain is supposed to be this mad genius, that's manipulating everyone, but it also requires all the characters that we watched for two seasons to all be dumb, everyone to be dumb. It doesn't work. And so I just got really frustrated watching that. And I, I bailed. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I do agree with you um, in, in, in a lot of respects. Um, I feel that they're trying to tell a, a whole other story with the Markovians, which is pulled right out of the Young Justice series. And I feel like it just doesn't quite fit in the world that they've already set up. Right. Um, I feel I agree with you because I think the characters now in this season, for me, I think a lot of characters are not written to, true to who we knew them to be. So... The daughters are always mad at the father, but I'm like, do you realize he was gone all this time? There's so much going on, and you know, yeah. Like, then, when he, then when he comes home, yeah, when he comes home, they're like, uh, they're yeah, like, dad, bye. I gotta go do whatever. Bye. Like, what? He's been gone for months. I thought he was dreaming that whole reunion. I thought they were gonna say that was a dream because I said that could not have just happened. And so, uh, you know, so for me, I think that the writing, I don't know who, I don't know what's changed, but I feel like the characters are not who they were. And my biggest thing is Gamby, because like you said, he's kind of the guy watching everything. He's always and he's watching. Everything that's going on. And that's the part that I'm not buying. And I'm like, wait a minute, they, they, there's no balance anymore. And so I feel like they're, they're trying to get into this Markovia story um, for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, it's one of those things where you write to the end without worrying about the middle, and so then the right. middle just falls apart because it yeah. doesn't work. And yeah. it's very frustrating to watch, but I'm, we're going to move on. Sorry. We got to keep going. Got to keep going. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us, and this was their Christmas episode. Not Christmas. Good Lord. Thanksgiving. Teleported us further into the future. (laughs) It is their Thanksgiving episode and the big dinner. And of course, when you go to the Pearsons, you're going to have a lot of emotions, a lot of people doing weird, you know, and you're either going to cry from sadness or you're going to cry from happiness. Those are your two options. Like any Thanksgiving, Livia. (laughs) Those are your options. And I was actually really irritated because I was watching the episode. I was like, oh, this isn't that sad. I'm fine. And then the uncle had like, he had that moment where they're driving the car and his whole thing was, your dad never told you anything about me. You don't even know. He's erased me from your lives, blah, blah, blah. And then Randall's telling the story and he realizes, holy crap, he's integrated me into their lives anyway. And he, I, oh my God, that's so beautiful. And I started getting missed. I, was like, I can't believe they did it to me again. They will. Um, they do. They do it oh. so well. The only thing I call foul on is the time jump with her, uh, the mom's dementia. Because they have you think that this dementia is happening at Thanksgiving. And then they go, oh, surprise, it's six months from now. And I was like, mm-hmm. That was a completely unnecessary time Thank jump. you. It was no, it, it, wasn't, just, I was it actually... wasn't just six months from now. It's their birthday. 
the following year. No, it's not the yeah. following year it's, because it's they said their birth. It's nine months from. Yeah, because it's nine months. Nine yeah. months, right? Because they tell you the birth. Like, I, was actually, I was actually grateful for the time jump because from the time that like she's like losing her phone to the time where she's lost where you know where she is uh seemed like way too quick it did for her yeah. to get that yeah. extreme That's so when I, I i was just i was just grateful for the time jump just because oh that makes sense now because it would it just would not have made sense to me i was not believing that she had progressed that far in one afternoon. You're, you're right. You're right. So. That for from that perspective, that's correct. But I do feel like I felt the trickery behind it. Like it felt like, ha ha, I got that. you. That's, their thing. that's yeah. their thing. Yeah. And I just felt like you guys didn't need to do that. I do want to know why why Randall and Kevin are on the outs. Yeah, do though. we? Because they, they they go they're brothers. They go back and forth. I don't they know. go back and forth. They do that all the well, time. They, they and, go back and forth, but I've never seen them at the point where they wouldn't talk to each other and wouldn't in wouldn't celebrate a birthday together. That, so that does seems, seem extreme. But, it does. But I don't. But because of how they did that jump, I don't care. Like <laughs> they, they made me angry with the time jump. So I was like, you know what? Screw you guys. So that kind of irritated me. Uh, they're going to have to earn that, that anger, you know, whatever their fight is. And to be fair, the show does a good job of doing that. But I do feel like, why, why would you, why would you screw around and try to be like, ha ha, now, don't you want to know? I'm like, no. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. We got to keep going because we're almost at an hour, guys. and We have so many more shows to go. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Arrow just only very quickly because it has to do with crisis. Take your and, kids to work day. And, and yes. <laughs> and, I, and the whole point of what they've been trying to do in the episode is they realize the monitor's a bad guy. And so they want to come up with a weapon to fight him. But they also, what they don't know is they have a mole inside their team, which is Canary, who is technically Black working. Canary. Black Canary, who's technically working for the monitor now. But against her will, but still, in theory, working for him. Here's I, the thing. Go ahead. The, the big reveal is the Monitor is not a bad guy. That's we what I thought. The, we haven't met the bad guy yet. Who is like the reverse <laughs> Monitor, right? Anti-Monitor. Anti-Monitor. Okay, whatever. But um, I thought it was... I, th- this was the first inclination that, uh, that Mrs. Diggle, a.k.a. Uh, Lila. 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 Lila is going to, which ironically is the first name of Harbinger in the comic book. So that, mm-hmm. that was a very convenient bit of synchronicity. But yeah, we, her betrayal was the big head twister at the end of the episode. Cause right. Yeah, but a, she, know, we the, haven't. The, the, she she's betrayed Diggle, but not in a way. She still thinks she's helping Diggle. But right. well. I know, I know. It's all going to come crashing down on everybody's head. This is a CW show. Come on, you got to have the betrayals. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a shame that Arrow couldn't have been. This last season, they seem to be firing all burners. Yes. It's like why yeah. couldn't they have done this the last few years? Yeah. yeah, it's been very good this season, especially the kids. Their anger at their dad and and his shame about like I get that he's done some really horrible things. He doesn't want his children to know about it. Like that makes sense to me. <laughs> Right. So all of the, all of the whole story really works very well, and I love that he's got these grown kids that he has this relationship with. I like that they time jumped it so that instead of dealing with like little children, you, you're dealing yeah. with like grown actors, and they're really having 
good conversations and good relationship issues. And they're and, decent actors, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it all Which works. Are, how'd that happen on the CW? <laughs> oh, yeah. <I> said <laughs> so, yeah, the Arrow, Arrow has been really good and, and sticking the landing on pretty much every episode so far this season. So I'm yeah. happy. Okay, we got to move on. <laughs> we're behind. Keep going. All right, next up, we're going to talk Emergence. And this is we the We started... Go ahead. We Chief figured out in the opening minutes of the show that the whistleblower was actually evil, the bad guy. Right. The woman, whatever her name is, Barbara, Rachel, I can't remember her name. I forget. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) But basically, she's kind of crazy and wants... Kind of crazy. She wants Piper to to, to have a motherly love for her so that she's not alone in the universe because her dad rejected her. So the entire plot of everything she's been doing the entire season... It's because her daddy didn't love her. I was like, are you serious? But, uh, so she reprograms Piper to make Piper see her instead of the chief. And it works, except Piper figures out how to unprogram herself, which is creepy. Know how to rewrite her own program. Yeah, creepy. Uh, this is you... how Skynet starts. Exactly. This is exactly how Skynet starts. Um... The only thing is she hasn't realized that she's a computer yet. Like, that's the thing. They're like, once she realizes she's not a human, that's going to be their bad. That's going to be bad. Um, and how she hasn't figured out she's not human yet, I don't understand either. Because she can do all kinds of stuff. Except that I guess her not-sister is selling her she's a superhero. So, Any other thoughts? Thoughts? Emergence? I just thought it was a very solid episode, and I like the fact that they they are having characters find out things, and and we don't have the situation where, oh, we're all trying to hide a secret, and everybody is too stupid to catch on to obvious things that are happening around them. Um, So I I like the fact that they may not know specifically what's happening, her husband and her father. but they have they they know something weird is going on. They know something that's not right with her. They're just at the at this point they're willing to accept. Okay, you don't have to tell me exactly what it is. I'll trust you enough that far. But they they're not dumb. They're not like I have no clue. It's like, <laughs> funny things keep happening. It's the darndest thing. Um, yeah. So I I do appreciate that the characters are portrayed as being smart enough to know that. You know, weird things are happening and where they're coming from. Yeah. All right, let's move on. I think we're giving Emergence a thumbs up, even though I don't have confidence this show is going to make it past season one because the ratings are horrible. Oh, is no. It really? That's a yeah, shame. Yeah, the ratings are really bad. The only thing uh... that, that's kept it from being canceled so far is the plus seven. You know, people watching it on streaming or whatever. Uh, that's important these days, though. It is important, so it's kept it from... from getting dropped and they, they got a full season, but I don't think it's strong enough to get a second. But, uh, wow. Tell your friends, watch the show. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the good place. And this was their fall finale episode. And this, cause what I always thought was weird was Michael kept being really resistant to giving Chidi his memories back. So I was like, what is the problem? Like, why, why are you hesitant? And so this whole episode Chidi basically gets all his memory back in slow motion. And yes, they have flashbacks. However, they shot those flashbacks as alts. They're not the same flashbacks. Because the actor did an interview talking about going back and reshooting 
those flashbacks from like a different angle, a different perspective, and how it felt to be back in those moments. So those were not just, they weren't being lazy and just using old footage, just so you know. All right, no, Greg, no, give, give me your, no, give me your, ne- hit me your negative opinion of The Good Place. Go ahead. No, it was like, no, I didn't <laughs> think that. I, yeah, I, you know, the flashbacks I thought were, were kind of new flashbacks, but the fact that the entire episode was pretty much a slow motion, Michael snapping his fingers, and then, I mean, because why, why, why do you have to flashback? I mean, why do you have to flash all the way back to his childhood? Because well, to, to give us the basis of of she, I didn't mind that because he's now the only character that we've done that for that we know him from the beginning, and I think that's cool. Yeah, although ah, <laughs> you did not think it was cool. No, because then, because then, so he finally wakes up, and then the episode's over, and I'm like, really? <laughs> no, but he got a note from yeah, himself. I, 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 go ahead, go ahead. You I kind of have. I kind of have to agree with Greg. I mean, I don't think I feel as strongly as him. And I knew immediately that those flashbacks were were manufactured. I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, I remember when that happened on the show. I was, I mean, even if it was supposed to have happened, um, you know, so I, so at least we got new footage, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't have accused them of being lazy. I mean, if that's, if they had wanted to do it, fine. Um, but I, for me, yeah, it didn't really go anywhere, but I, they're wrapping up the, not just a season, the whole show. So I think they did two things for me with this episode. One is it was kind of interesting to go all the way back. I thought it was pretty adorable him, you know, putting on that lecture for his parents and his father being <laughs> like, you know, being like, that was better than some of my students, you know, <laughs> and um, it's just cute. You know what I mean? So I don't I didn't mind that. But um, I think what they were really doing in the flashback more than anything for me was just kind of really re um, pushing back to the forefront, the romance, you know, the, the you know, the ship. And for me, um, it was very, very sweet. You know, um, the season's coming to an end. We know they're going to end up together um, and it's going to be great um but you know that just the note where he lifts it up and says you know there is no answer um you know um what's her name <laughs> what's the main character's name eleanor what's, yeah, yeah. Eleanor. eleanor yeah eleanor is the answer i don't know i just thought that was sweet it was very wrong i love that i love that yeah i thought that was great but and i but it was kind of boring it didn't it didn't move the story forward any but i think it what it did my was heart just kind melt of, yeah, that, it refocused us on the, on the main couple and, you know, and kind of brought me back to that place so that when the show ends, I will definitely really appreciate their journey and be extra happy that they're back together. So, I mean, Yay. you know, that's, you know. All right. Uh, let's move on. Uh, next up, you guys are going to talk about Legacies. And this is episode two, well, it was 205 and 206. 205 was my episode that I worked on, which was... Uh, the video game yeah the 80s video game oh. episode i worked on that one and then 206 was eh, what happened in 206 it was their thanksgiving episode so yeah so they, they were like it's the harvest festival also known as thanksgiving <laughs> so what did you guys think yeah, of those i was episodes? like is it politically incorrect to say thanksgiving have we gotten to that no place no where we're no they're just it's just stars <laughs> hollow stars hollow ever stars hollow good lord that's a different show uh <laughs> like, what? the what vampire vampire mystic diaries falls? mystic falls mystic they always falls. have their own holidays they have a million holidays in that town right, like a pagan yeah. witch country yeah, or whatever they, they always have holidays and stuff that you've never okay, heard I, of yeah but yeah. go, go ahead. i, I want to jump in 
I want to jump in because I have, I was so far behind on legacies for no other reason that it just kind of fell through the cracks, yada, yada, yada. I do enjoy the show. Um, but I think I binged three, if not four episodes in a row. And it was so fun because I, A, a I, I forgot how much I liked the show, but B, I think it's even better. I feel like it's hit a stride. It's like, um, it's a little, I, I really wanted to find the word yesterday when I was looking for it. And I was like, oh, when I go on the podcast, like I want to say, and I, I don't think I ever found the word. And I thought maybe it would pop up while I was talking now. I was like, oh, it'll come to me when I'm on the show, uh, on the podcast. Um, it's like quirkier and, and like, it's not that it wasn't always funny, but I don't, everything's gel. The act, none of the actors were terrible to begin with, but I think they're all even better. Um, I think that the storylines are interesting. It was, it's not as creepy this year. Like I think last year I was surprised at how gory and creepy it was. Not that it was too creepy or gory, don't just worry, more we'll than get, I had. We'll get creepy and gory with you later. Uh, there wasn't. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, you know, the person. body you know, but, beginning of this episode, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, that no, no, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it didn't go away the grossness. It just, you know, it's just a little bit more of everything. I didn't love. Hear me out before you get offended. <laughs> I didn't love at first the um, '80s Minotaur game kind of a thing. Aww. You know, at first, and I was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "Well, this is kind of random." But then I really enjoyed it, and I thought, I think also though I enjoyed it because it was one of three or four episodes I saw like all together. Um, but I loved. I'm gonna just keep going to like the the most recent episode. I loved. Uh, oh, but at the girl, the girl power message. So I think it does a great job. It still does teen romance. It does supernatural. It does. There's, I, I feel like the heart is gotten very strong for me in terms of like the, she's the blonde sister, the Lizzie. twin. Mm. She's like, Lizzie has grown. You know what I mean? Like, I love it when characters grow, they invest in making it realistic. So she's not, she's still herself. She's still like spicy and sassy and slightly mean but she's still a mean girl and yet she has absolutely shown growth and depth um so she's not annoying at all anymore like i, I definitely root for her um and then even at the very end about when she had the imaginary but not imaginary um vampire boyfriend um i didn't know where they were going with that and then when he had his moment when his memories come back along with everybody else's I found that poignant. I really did. I was like, I don't even know who this dude is. I don't know. I don't care about him. And I was like, oh, but I care about that. I was like, that's nice. And then um, at the very end, it was super, you know, high school musical where he like is in the gym, literally in the gym. Um, and she like sees him for the first time and realizes that he's actually real. So I, I loved it. I think it's really kind of hit its stride for me. I, I like it even more than first season. I know I've said that already. Um, but I think it's a really fun show. I think that, you know, people should if they haven't got, gone on, it's not too late. Just start it. You know what I mean? And if you like fell off the wagon like I did for a little bit, it's definitely worth just jumping back on the train. Like it, it's just it's a fun show. I like it. It does a lot of things well. And the, uh, I think the acting is is good. Greg, your, your thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I, and I think um, I, I think they did a really good job with the whole everyone lose their memories of hope. But then now everyone's got their memories back. Um, and I just say, like, even in the first season, I hated Landon. I was like, he needs to go. <laughs> yeah. His storyline. Yeah. For some reason in this season, um, uh, I like him. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird how they've, you know, made the characters different, but the same. Um, yep. and, and now I guess we're going to see how things go forward now that everyone has their memories back. But, um, yeah, not only is it it's a, uh, entertaining and fun, um, but uh, 
uh, a really good show to watch. Um, I really like the the one scene where uh, I guess Lizzie was talking to Landon and um, and then, you know, she's kind of like finding out, you know, between him and her sister. And then he's like, well, no, we really didn't have sex. And she goes, that changes everything. Wait, 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 wait. I was going to say, Aaron needs to talk because we got to keep moving. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I go ahead. the condom. Oh. <laughs> oh, Every fantastic. Uh, I was going to yes! say, by the way, that was a like we, the we, hero in the background. That right. was absolutely brilliant. Just, yes, just, it was fantastic. Behind the scenes note, we got uh, de- hit by BS&P standards and practices for okay. him holding up that condom because originally it was a see-through package. Oh. And they were like, oh. you can't show a That's condom a on screen. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's it was, a lot. It was I'm going to them. I'm going to side with them. No, it was, just, it was just a clear package. It just showed a condom. Like, people, but, like, like you're saying, people had condom, right? It was just a regular condom in the package, and mm-hmm. BSP was like, you cannot show that on the CW. So we had to oh, go in crazy. CGI and make it, uh, uh, like, Red. whatever color we made it. <laughs> so just so you know, go ahead. It looks weird. I noticed that, by the way. I did. Yeah, it looks weird because it was a clear package originally. Interesting. Uh, Anyone else? Th- uh, I heard Aaron and I heard Allison making comments. You guys got any thoughts? Uh, especially, you know, that brilliant uh, episode in the 80s. Do you have any thoughts about that? <laughs> I'll just say it well, other than fun. finding out that my, my early years is now, you know, antique and retro. Um, <laughs> I know. It's I always know. fun to find out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I loved the episode, actually. I Thank thought you. it was done really well. And and I loved all the little homages uh, visually to, to the 80s and all of that. I thought it was cute. And I, I, I just... Well, what did you guys think of Sebastian? Really well uh, I, uh, what did you guys think of those Sebastian scenes? I like that a lot. First of all, you know, he was sort of presented mysteriously in the beginning, and then we think he's a bad guy. And now it turns out that maybe, you know, his his impression of himself, mm-hmm. uh, what he thought he did actually wasn't done by him at all. And and he's not as bad as we were led to believe. So I think he's, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing his character moving forward and his yeah. dynamic uh, also with, with um, oh, God, Lizzie. Lizzie. With Lizzie, thank you. Um, I because I, I I think that they work really well together, but yeah, I just the whole thing, you know, both episodes I thought were were terrific, and um, I thought the use of music in both of them was just dead on. All right. Yeah, it's yeah, better. we it really we, we use the budget like literally we use the CW budget for our show <laughs> in that eighties thing. Like we actually got in trouble for that. It was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it was a whole thing. Tell you guys later off podcast, uh, but uh, we need to move on. Uh, so next up, well, we're saying thumbs up for legacies. Uh, next oh, yeah. up, we're going to talk about how to get away with murder. It was their fall finale, and none of it made sense exactly. No. So Annalise faked her In death. In typical, how to get away with murder style. Yes, it's like so she fakes her death because somebody gave her up to the FBI. We find out it's Asher who ratted everyone out. And so everyone just does their escape plans, except the other kids who take mushrooms for some reason, which makes no sense. So they're no. all high during this craziness. And I was like, what? Why are they high? Like, there's no reason for them to be high. Well, supposedly celebrating that they just, you I know. I know, but it's just like, what? Why? And then 
Uh, and it was basically for them to figure out it was Asher who was the turncoat because he couldn't afford to get high because he was afraid he'd tell. And mm-hmm. he ends up telling anyway and gets bashed on the head maybe twice. Uh, so the first time he gets bashed on the head, he goes, fine. And they're like, we should take it to the doctor. And he goes, oh, I'm okay. And then next thing we see, he's bleeding out, which to me says someone hit him on the head again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have, but the last person that we... That has to be Bonnie, right? No, Bonnie oh. stayed at her house... I think it was Frank, because she told Frank, we've got a problem with Asher. Yeah, and clearly he shows up again near his 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 apartment. Right. And I don't think Bonnie could lift him and take him there. So, yeah, I think that it would, it it, it seems like a Frank thing to do, to find out that he gave him up and then, and then, you know, act out. And then he, and then plant the body somewhere else to, to deflect blame. So, yeah. Because she was like, don't go into the kid's house. Come here. We have a problem. And then next thing we know, Asher's dead. So Bonnie's not hitting him upside the head with a crowbar. Uh, Anyway, so that was... And then they show the funeral, and you see Wes at the funeral. And then I was like, wait, what? No. It's that that was like I mean I gasped at first and then I went wait that doesn't make any he, sense at all. We saw his burned body, right? He so we're all burned. sure he's dead. Yeah, that's a dream sequence. That's got to be a dream sequence. I don't know what it is. We see Annalise like get on a plane. Annalise is not dead. Well, the the, the death they've been showing has been in the future. They've been yeah. showing like yeah. that's the that's a future flash. That's not or that could just be part of her, you know, faking her death so she can get away. Correct. Which is what I always thought it was. But the whole thing with Wes just made absolutely no sense because not only did we see a burnt body, but they tested it for DNA. Yeah, right. and we so, and when they showed the burnt body, it was only like half his face was burned, so it was like recognizably yeah. him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah, I don't get. I don't get the whole like, uh, you know, the. The, the scene between Nate and Annalise, like, I did, I, I was trying well, to... Why is Nate blaming her for stuff? I don't yeah, understand that. I don't either. I that at all. Yeah, he's like, it's your fault. She was like, you literally killed Miller. And he goes, well, it's your fault I did it. And she's like, how? <laughs> and he's like, because? Because I want to blame you? Because they do, because they everybody blames Annalise. Don't I know, they? I mean, it doesn't make any works. sense. They all do horrible things, and then they blame Annalise for it. Right, because Asher's whole defense was, we'll just say she did it. They were like, you ran this person over with a car. I was like, yes, but I was under the influence of Annalise. It was like, how were you under the influence of her? And she isn't heroin. I'm sorry. You did it yourself. Right, and then the other kids killed her husband, and it had nothing to do with her. She wasn't even there. Right. She never told them, hey, I hate my husband. Why don't you kill him? Oh, like, that wasn't even... She was as surprised to see his dead body as anybody. Like the only thing she did was she protected she protected Wes. Yeah. And that's the whole reason why she covered that up because she was protecting Wes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what? You guys are a bunch of un- like I was yelling at the screen how ungrateful they were when they were going to throw her under the bus. And I was like, she has literally killed no one. And she's not some manipulative evil person that you guys are all making her out to be. And I don't know what's going on with Nate. Like he's oh, he's making me so mad. Anyway, but they do they do that with Nate. Oh, and by the he's, way. Had, he's had similar conversations, not as in not as extreme, but he's he's done the whole deflecting, you know, blame to Annalise thing before too. Well, to be fair, she did set him up for the murder. So that well, there was, was her, that. That, that, yeah. that, that that's, that's legit. Not this. That's legit that he's mad about her for that. 
But anyway, but we need to move yeah, on. Uh, Greg, okay, go, Greg, hurry up. What were the fireplace pokers? Why does everybody have fireplace? I know, and it's like the same one. Like, <laughs> how do the, the kids have a fireplace poker at their house? Poker? Yeah. <laughs> That's so strange. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Titans, which we haven't talked about in forever, mainly because I stopped watching. However, I will say this on YouTube. I thought you got behind. Nah, well, I did, and then I never caught up. So that at a certain point, <laughs> when you you're behind and you haven't made an effort to catch up, uh, <laughs> why but, bother? Yeah. So what I did do is I was on YouTube, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to see the scene where where Batman confronts the uh, Nightwing, or he becomes Nightwing with his confrontation?" I was like, "Yes, let me see that." And it was like the big fight between Bruce Wayne and. Uh, Mm-hmm. And, and Nick Grayson, yeah, Nick but Grayson. it's like it's in his head, so it's not real. It's in his mind, dude. Right, so it's not a real fight. But oh my god, I was like, yeah. dude, I can like you could see the stunt double everywhere. Yeah, it was so terrible. And I was like, I understand that Ian Glenn can't do an action scene because he's like, I don't know how, like he could do sword fights. He did great in Game of Thrones, yeah. but apparently he can't fake a a fist fight. Uh, Batman, oh my god, that was awful. And he's given up trying to do an American accent. He was like, screw it. (laughs) Like, I am Ian Glenn. Deal with it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Like, his accent doesn't bother me at all anymore. Uh, But the fight really did just like, oh, that was awful. All right, you guys talk, because you've actually seen the episodes. Well, you know, for me, I'll say, just personally, I think that this season should have been the first season. And just completely erase season one. Um, because, uh, because season one was so disjointed and there was no payoffs for every single storyline. I will agree with that. That's my frustration so, with the show. Correct. Exactly. So this season, I mean, it was much better. But I think that the thing that frustrates me the most is we want to see the Titans together. Yeah, and everybody split up. That they keep separating them. Um, I've never seen so many characters make so many bad decisions. Yep. It's like, oh, no, I'm not going to help him. I'm going over here. And I'm like, wait a minute. But if you do that, don't you see what's going to happen? So that's my frustration, but I can't help it. I am so sucked in and drawn into this thing. It's driving me bananas. But, um, <laughs> I have to watch it for some reason. It's like watching a trainer. I got to watch it. But uh... um, I will say for this current episode, this last episode, um, I, I I liked it. Um, I, I think this is one of the better ones this season. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, I, I think we're finally going to get them together, but I hate that it took nine episodes to get an entire team together in the very last episode, and then it's over. So um, Until it, season three. Until season I'll, three. So it's disjointed in a lot of spots, and the character arcs are all over the place for me. Here, I'm, I'm going to add, I'm gonna add to Aaron... Um, here's my problem. I do not like the way they've laid out either of these seasons. It yeah. makes no freaking sense. You'll yeah. have an episode that's just basically dealing with one character, a set of characters, extended flashbacks. You'll have a really dramatic cliffhanger from the episode before that doesn't get resolved until the second episode following. It's yeah. just, it's bad storytelling. Yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, if the show were more popular... You could have the kind of nerd rage that Game of Thrones season eight provoked, <laughs> but but it's a similar problem. 
I don't have a problem with the actual story beats themselves for the most part. Nice, I have right. a problem with how they're laid out. Yeah. It makes no freaking sense. And Dick Grayson goes from arrested to convicted to imprisoned I know. in the space of one episode. What alternate just and come on. It wouldn't say Dick Grayson. His name is Richard Grayson. Right. It's just lazy, lazy, lazy. I mean, and some of these showrunners should know better. That's my big problem. Yeah. The actors, I like for the most part, they're doing a great job. They are. You haven't seen Connor for like two episodes now. What the frick? Well, I have I a question for you. Was, like, why, are, why were you pressing me to watch it? I fell out because of all these problems you're talking about, which is why I stopped watching. And you're like, you need to hurry up and catch up. And I'm like, do I? Is it really? Should I? Well, you told me that you were behind. You didn't tell me that you stopped watching intentionally. Eh, <laughs> I mean, I, but I like, there's nothing I, that motivated me to keep jumping. Like, I want to see, I wanted to see Superboy. I wanted to see Aqualad because I'm a Justice League or yeah. the Young Justice. I'm a Young Justice fan. Mm-hmm. Well, there's so, only one episode with Aqualad, and they kill him off, and that was episode what? four, I think. Yeah, it's Aww. not a spoiler when it happened a couple of months Wailer, ago. And this is the white Aqualad, so if they do the black Aqualad, you'll be done. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice that because when he showed up, I was like, "Wait, that's not Aqualad." That's <laughs> the first. That's the original Aqualad. With the original one, yeah. Oh, so, so now we're gonna get yeah. the good one later, okay? With, with a significant upgrade of a hunky dude, and he's like he's like Aqua Bro Junior, styled after Momoa instead of. Mm-hmm. You know, half of the ambiguously gay duo under seed version. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, all right, so you guys are giving it sort of a thumb sideways down. Is that what's happening? Um, we're we're, we're giving it a thumb, thumb sideways because sideways. we are hardcore DC Comics fans. Yeah, we just it, they've got the right cast. They, yeah, I, I, I want better writers. That's it. Okay. All right, moving on. Next up, we're going to talk about For All Mankind. And we talked about it when uh, Apple Plus, Apple TV Apple Plus. Apple TV Plus. Yes, finally, first came out. But we haven't really touched on the shows since since then. And of all the shows that, that premiered, uh, the ones that I've been still watching are Snoopy in the Space. Space shows. <laughs> Snoopy in Space, which is fantastic. Oh, my God, it's so good. I, and then Tom was like, it's for children. I was like, I don't care. Libya's a big kid. Uh, so, and then for all mankind, which I realized by episode three was an ironic title, because the title, yes, it is. I thought that was so great because I was like, I, wait a minute, it's not about that at just, all. I was just telling my some friends at church about this this morning. The brilliance of this show is it's called for all mankind, but it's really. We find out in episode three, I think it is. Yeah, three. That the motivating force of the series is getting women into space sooner because the Russians put the first woman on the moon. And so Nixon's like, I want women in space. <laughs> yeah, and then we watch the so. women train and all that stuff, and it's how it's going to change everything. I have to say, the wife of the head astronaut, I, I hate her. I hate She's her annoying. so much. Well, you're supposed to. I know. She just and and I and like that. The, at, the, oh, I don't know if you're up to this episode, but the husband of the astronaut in space, he yeah. finally just goes off on her because her whole thing is she can manipulate all the wives, and she but tries she can't manipulate him. Yeah, she tries her tricks on him, and they either go over his head because he's not conditioned 
like most of the other women are conditioned to be obedient and to be blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So he's not conditioned compliant. like that at all and be compliant. So when she tries her little tricks on him, he's for either he totally misses what she's talking about, like it goes completely over his head, or he's like, why should I do that? You know, it's like, uh, that doesn't make sense at all. Um, so she's ha- she's really struggling trying to be the lead wife when she's got a husband to deal with. And that it has been making my day. I'm super happy about that. But I really like the women that they put through the training. They only surprised me with one woman death because I thought that that woman was going to make it. And so they had her, you know, when they did the space test or the, the rocket. She was the number two, right? Yeah, she was always number two. And then she made it to the number one spot and she didn't eject. She wouldn't hit her chicken switch when she mm-hmm. got in trouble and she blew up. And I was like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And I like that the other woman was like, oh, they're going to cancel the program because no guys don't want to see women die. And she was almost right. The only reason that it didn't happen was because the head of NASA felt really bad about it. He was like, we've already canceled it on the women once before. Once. Yeah, he was like, I'm not going to do it again. Uh, So that was, and that took a lot of courage. I give him a lot of credit for that. Um so yeah, so far so good. I'm I think I'm one episode ahead of you. Um, yeah. But it and it only has six episodes, which I didn't know because that surprised well, me. I was like so about far. to. No. So. Oh, that do they do it once a week? Once yeah, a week, remember? They do do it once a week. Oh, okay. I Except got for the first week, they gave us three. Yeah, that's why I was getting scared. I was like, "What? I've caught up? Oh no!" I was like, "This can't be over." Um, but yeah, it's re- it's working really it's working really really well, and well, I really like Ron this Moore knows how to run a show and yeah. has proved it multiple times. Yeah, and then we had the people on Titans. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're only gonna see one show on Apple TV, Apple Plus, TV Plus, it should be for all mankind and Snoopy in space. Both of those shows. All right. So we're giving that thumbs up. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, uh, send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.